0: It's Monday, July 25th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, frustrating, I guess, is the, the word of the day after uh, a loss in the finale of the weekend series at Chicago. Uh, the Guardians had a chance to take three out of four. Uh, they had a chance to actually uh, sweep the series. Uh, had they not uh, lost the nightcap of the doubleheader on Saturday, but uh, they had Shane Bieber going on the mound uh, Sunday, and they ran into Dylan Cease. Dylan Cease did uh, did what he can do, and you know really sort of kept the Guardians hitters at bay. Uh, and Shane Bieber had one one really rough inning uh, in an otherwise pretty good outing. Uh, hung a couple of sliders that got hit out of the ballpark, and the Guardians ended up losing six to three. Uh, he described the outing afterwards as frustrating. Uh, just because he had been off for twelve days, hadn't pitched, uh, and and kind of a weird decision not to pitch your ace earlier in the series, I guess. After you know he had he hadn't you know been on the mound, I guess in what almost two weeks.
1: Yeah, tough, uh, strange decision, I guess. You know the way uh, Francona explained it is, I guess uh, you know Bieber had the longest to travel during the break. He went home. To California, uh, he said he what he was plan- headed wedding plans to work out with his fiance. Uh, so when he came back, he didn't. I guess I don't know how much he threw over the break or if he threw it all, um, but uh, you know they they decided you know to go with the pitchers at you know, to rearrange the rotation and go with the pitchers that had had worked, you know, had gotten some work in during the break. McKenzie stayed in Cleveland and threw, you know, off off the mound at at Progressive Field. It sounded like the other guys got some work in as well. And uh, so Beaver goes on Sunday, you know, when he what he got rained out of the last game before the break. You know, and you would think, you know, ideally he would have come out and, and pitched on that Friday night against Chicago, you know, if you, if you keep him in, in line. But, you know, they rearranged the rotation and, uh, you know, Bieber was, like you said, Joe, he struggled early, uh, came back and locked it in. But by that time, you know, he gave up the five runs in the second inning and, and you know, the game was pretty much over, even though Cease, you know, the in, uh, the Guardians hit him. You know, hit him early. They they kind of had some chances. They couldn't catch in, but Cease was a little rusty from the break as well.
0: Right. Yeah. He uh, he didn't have his typical you know ten strikeout performance. Uh, Cease didn't, and uh, it, there was a lot of traffic. the The Guardians had actually out hit the the White Sox throughout the game. Uh, it was just those two mistake pitches that Beaver threw, and I guess you know when you when you haven't been on the mound and and you haven't thrown your 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 signature slider, I guess, uh, enough times. Uh, Lurie Garcia, who had only hit three home runs all year, uh, drives one out of the park, and then A.J. Pollock, he gets in a, gets in a bad count, gets in a bad situation, and, and Pollock sits on a slider and, and drives it out of the park again for a three-run home run. Uh, we're just not used to seeing that from Shane Beaver, but what we did see after that was he locked it back in. He got back uh, you know, to what we expect and, and gave them at least six innings so that they didn't have to burn out their bullpen.
1: Yeah. That was important coming off that doubleheader on uh Saturday and especially going into this, uh, you know, this, the, the two, the two next series of this, uh, you kind of a, really a tough road trip, you know, now they're in Boston for three and then you
0: go to Tampa Bay for the weekend series. Right. Well, uh, we'll get to, ta- to Boston here in a second, uh, because they're, uh, they're in a unique situation of their own, uh, a little different than the last time we saw them. But uh, just to wrap up the Chicago series, they, uh, uh it, it's pretty much a, a stalemate there. Uh, what they're, they're three games back now in the, the AL central, uh, Yeah, three
1: games back in the AL central, uh, two games
0: out of the, uh, the, the third wild card spot. And, uh, and they gave up a, a game there to Chicago as well in terms of, uh, you know, they're, they're standing ahead of them. So, uh, you know all the all the positive energy we were feeling after that uh, first game of the doubleheader on on Saturday, where uh, you know they came out. Josh Naylor had a uh, another clutch hit and and beat uh, Liam Hendricks. Uh, the, the Guardians rallied in that game to to sort of win, and then uh, the night game the nightcap was a little more f- uh, frustrating. Uh, Tito said uh, after that that nightcap where they sort of battled, uh, took the lead, lost the lead uh, that. You know, it was it was a positive uh, the the way they played, the way they showed their competitiveness in, in really in both the games of that doubleheader, but particularly in the night game where they lost. Uh, you know, he was he was not discouraged by that effort.
1: Yeah, they lose 5-4, Joe. You know, they're, they're really, uh, you know, Lance Lynn just, you know, throws goose eggs at him for six innings. They don't do anything against it. They're down three nothing. Then, you know, as soon as Lynn gets out of there, they. They score four runs in the seventh against two two of the White Sox better relievers, you know. So they got a four three lead, and they do it, you know, in, in Guardians fashion, you know, singles. Uh, there was uh, <laughs> a bunch of singles. There was a two, you know, consecutive or almost two triples. A triple by Rosario. A triple by uh, you know a Straw, and uh, you know they score four runs. And then you think, okay, they've got it, you know, they're, they're going to come back. They're going to get the sweep. And, but Chicago, you know, kind of turns, turns the tables on them and scores two in the ninth and uh, two in the eighth, I should say. And, uh, you know, and, you know, get, they, they get out of there with a five, four win and really kind of, you know, change that whole,
0: whole, uh, you know, momentum of the, of that series. Yeah. That, that's really what happened. It sort of shifted on, on one at bat. And it was the, uh, uh, what well, was the the bases loaded single uh, against Brian Shaw there uh, that and where they took the lead. So, yeah, uh, frustrating, I guess, is the word we open this uh, this podcast with. Uh, I guess it's a it's a frustrating result after they had the opportunity there to to sort of make up some ground and, and put some distance between themselves and the White Sox. Uh, as far as moving forward now into the, the Red Sox series, you get four against the Red Sox in Fenway. This is not the same Fen- uh, This is not the same Red Sox team that swept the Guardians uh, uh, earlier uh, in in May.
1: Yeah, definitely they are they are struggling big time. You know, Toronto went in there and swept a three game series from from the from uh, Boston at Fenway. They outscored them forty to nine, Joe. In those three games, the one game they what they they scored twenty eight runs. They beat the Red Sox twenty eight to five. Uh, the most runs the Red Sox I think have ever scored or equaling, matching the the most runs the the Red Sox have ever given up. Uh, so they've lost nine at ten, three of thirteen, and they've got a bunch of guys on the on the injured list.
0: Yeah, that's uh, it, it, chief among them is Rafael Devers, who who really ate up uh, Guardians pitching when they played at Progressive Field. Uh, they don't have Devers, I, I believe. Trevor Story is also uh, on the the injured list, uh, as, as well. So, uh, the lineup will look a little different. The, the pitching rotation could look a, a lot different. Uh, there's a, a big hole sort of in that, uh, in, in the series, uh, both sides haven't named a starter for Tuesday's game. Of course, the uh, you know, we, we sort of looking at options for the guardians. There aren't a lot, uh, it depends on, on who's available off the 40 man, or if they have to make a roster move uh to be able to, to get somebody up from uh the minors to to make that start on tuesday yeah
1: you know it really pilkington you know their their go-to guy <laughs> they they went to him already and he's back down in the minors at at triple a so they can't bring him up and uh you know I I'm, I I'm don't know do they go to a bullpen game Joe or uh do they do they bring a do they add a guy to the 40 man? Do they add uh who, you know, uh, uh, Xavier Curry, or do they bring up Logan Allen or, or, you know, but they'd have to make a move on the 40 man for each of those guys. Right. And, right. uh, and then I guess you've got, you know, Tanner Tully and, and, uh, McCarty down there maybe, you know, but I don't, th- we, we still, we're still a little bit unclear if they're on the 40 man as well.
0: Right. Yeah. That's, uh, they've been, they've both been designated for assignment within the last month. They've both been uh, you know, cleared waivers, uh, accepted other assignments, and then come back to the club. So, uh, you know, I think either one of those guys—they—they both made starts for for the Guardians. Uh, you know, this season, uh, I think either one of them could be an option depending on timing. Or, it, you know, do, do we find out if the the organization thinks Curry or uh, Logan Allen are are ready? Uh, and and I guess it, it you know what the, the roster move is going to be will determine, you know, that the answer to that question, are they ready? Uh, you know, one way or another. Uh, but I think those are pretty much the options right now, or like you said, a bullpen game, which I don't think, uh, you know, Tina wants to do.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, they're not adverse to, uh, you know, starting a rookie at Fenway. They did it with police Who's, you know, going tonight. That's where he made his big league debut. Uh, but uh, you know they really haven't had that hot a pitcher. You know they haven't had you know those hot pitching prospects like like we saw with uh, Savali and 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 Bieber and and uh, uh, Plesek when they brought those guys up a couple years ago when they had all the injuries in in the starting rotation. So it's going to be interesting to see how how this unfolds.
0: Yeah, and it's not that they don't have those those prospects. The, those prospects are in the pipeline. It's just that they're not all ready at the same time and ready to go. And I guess, uh, you know, I, in my mind, I think Logan Allen might be the guy that they sort of want to see in that that sort of take that you know role. But uh, who knows? Xavier Curry might be ready. He he stepped forward and his his debut in Columbus was was really solid. So we'll uh, we'll see if uh, if any of those predictions come true. Um, as far as, the uh, you know, where they're headed with this series, it, it, four games in Boston, uh, it, it means a lot in terms of, you know, just the ability to, to go there and play well, is this offense ready to go into Columbus or I'm sorry, into Boston and, uh, you know, hit there in Fenway. Uh, we, we saw them over the the weekend, the, the top of the order, Rosario, um uh kwan had an amazing series he was uh something like seven for 15 in the series uh against chicago uh you know hosey was hosey and and josh naylor had a really strong uh strong series the the top three or four guys in the batting order are are really sort of putting together what you know the guardians offense is supposed to be yeah you're, you're right joe and i really like what what uh
1: you know, what, uh, you know, what straw is doing at the, in the ninth spot, you know, kind of, and linking up with uh, uh, quan in the number one spot. And they really kind of, you know, they're turning, he's turning the order over. I think he's got on base what 15 straight games now, you know, the guy that was, you know, that two month slump or whatever it was <laughs> seems to be over. And, uh, you know, they're really, you know, they both, both guys can run uh, and Kwan is just, Joe, I, how do you think he handles that inside pitch when he's so close to the plate? I mean, guys try to bust him inside, and he's just so quick that they can't get the ball by him.
0: Right. Well, and and his hands are back. He keeps his hands back. He doesn't jump at the ball. And that's really the key for him is when his hands aren't arriving too early, he's able to to fight off pitches and live to see another pitch. And and that's when he gets mistakes and he, he's he's able to put him in play. You saw that uh yesterday in his last at bat of the the game where you know he fouled off a bunch of pitches from uh Liam Hendricks and and was was able to get to a pitch that he could handle and and loft it, you know, to the right side and uh, you know, barely get it over the fence for his second home run of the season.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. And then even in the second game of you know, that, that nightcap Saturday night, he lines out to a uh, second base with the tying run on third. I mean, you know, Josh Harrison made a nice play on him, but you know, that's the tying run and they, he's just hit line drives all over the place. I really love when he goes to left field to the opposite way, just beats a shift and uh, really this guys, you know, really an interesting player. And he's, you know, he looks like a keeper, Joe.
0: Yeah. He's, he's hot right now. And he's, he's, he's getting back to the level that he was at at the beginning of the season. And uh, he's been able to make adjustments and that's been, uh, you know, really outstanding for the top of the order. He, you know, who knows he could, he could be there as their leadoff hitter for, for quite some time. If he, he keeps that up, uh, a lot of fun, uh, watching Juan. And, uh, also another guy that you mentioned straw heating back up. Uh, we saw a, a little bit of it, uh, out of Framil Reyes. He hit a two run home run yesterday. Uh, he he had a, a hitting streak heading into uh, the last two games of the series. Uh, I you know I just I think uh, it it's been a slow progress, but uh, since he's come back from his stint in the minors, uh, Franville is is sort of sort of putting it together. The, the, the numbers don't jump off the page, but he's got to be feeling a little bit better about himself.
1: Yeah. Especially going into uh, Fenway, you know, you got the monster there if he can turn on a couple pitches, but he seems to be going, you know, kind of concentrating on going the other way to me, Joe. I mean, you know, hitting the ball up the middle and uh, you know, big guys like that, that's usually a, you know, a good sign of uh, things to come. So we'll see how he, he does at Fenway. Another guy that, that just keeps impressing me, Joe is, is Rosario. I mean, I think he's, I think he makes his whole offense go. I, yeah. I, I, you know, I, you know, we've talked a lot about him perhaps being on the trading block, but boy, I, I can't see them trading this guy right now. Can you?
0: I, I, I really can. I, I think that that's, what's going to happen. I do think that they're going to trade him. I, I think they, there's a possibility that they trade, they trade both Rosario and Reyes, wow. but, uh but Reyes, you know, certainly he would, he would fetch the most right now in terms of a prospect haul and, if they're really committed to what they're they're doing, I think they they need to to see what they've got in terms of a young shortstop and bring up somebody like a Gabriel Arias, and 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 let that go for the rest of the season. I, I don't think that they're in the mode right now to uh, to sort of plan for winning uh, at the end of this season. That's just yeah. I, it... That that's it's just my opinion. I I, I don't have any you know anything to back that up in terms of talking to Antonetti or Chernoff, but uh, I, I, history indicates that, you know, that they would probably make that move. Wow. I mean, it, it
1: kind of, they're caught in between, you know, I think, like we've said before, I think they're a little ahead of schedule, mm-hmm. you know, they've got a chance at the wild card. They, they've got a you know, they've certainly still in the division race, uh, you know, their track record says they'll add if they're in this position, but they've got all these guys knocking on the door. They've got to do something with them, but I just think they're a completely different team without Rosario. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and and God love areas, you know, I, you know, but I just haven't seen enough of him. Can he, can he do what, what uh, Rosario is, is doing for this club well, on both sides? I, of don't, the I don't
0: think, I don't think they would expect him to come up here and do what, what Rosario is doing. I think, it would be sending a message, you know, by, by trading him and saying, look, you know, we're committed to what the plan was. And I, I really think that that's the case. So maybe that maybe he comes out and, and has a monster series in Fenway and, you know, they, their fortunes shift and they get closer to a wild card and, and it makes it impossible for Antonetti to trade him. But uh, the only way that that happens is if he gets like ultra hot, like white hot, like we saw him, I believe it was in August of last year. Yeah. Uh, you know the way he hit the ball. If he gets that hot again, then then maybe it changes the way you think about him, not just for this year, but for the future.
1: Yeah, it's not like he's thirty years old either. You know, so right. you know, so it, it it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting call. You know, come the end of this month and you know it's at, 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 in the start of August, just what exactly they do. You know, and, right. and just and we'll get a clear indication of you know just how the front office feels about their chances of contending or are they you know are they going to you know hold
0: course here and and keep going with the young kids well i'll tell you on august 3rd if rosario is still a a member of the guardians you could see uh you know with with everything we, we've seen what happens when he is in a good headspace in terms of you know he's the shortstop and the number 2 hitter if if, if he knows those two things as certainties you're gonna see a complete as good as he's been lately. You're gonna see a guy who can get even better because when he's locked in, uh, he's 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 been so productive. He's been the best hitter, you know. Really, one of the more productive hitters in this lineup, uh, aside from Jose Ramirez, over the last you know season and a half. Yeah, there's uh, no doubt about that. All right, the Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremonies took place Sunday. In uh, Cooperstown, and uh, you know, obviously the headliner was uh, David Ortiz, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, I don't think anybody uh, can argue with that. He he gave a, a tremendous speech. Uh, you know, he was sort of the the center of attention there. Uh, ter- a typical big poppy. Uh, everybody loves him. And uh, you know, what do you, what did you take away from uh, David Ortiz getting inducted into the Hall of Fame?
1: Just, uh, you know, really interesting guy, uh, Joe, big, big time clutch hitter, big time, you know, uh, hitter in the postseason. And he's, you know, he kind of a fringy, you know, you know, he's, he's on that, that, that cusp of uh, did he use steroids or didn't he said, you know, he's one of those one guys. And this is the guy that kind of, you know, jumped jumped the uh you, you know jumped the shark here he he made it you know you know a lot of other guys with that taint about him didn't do it and I think his personality his uh you know his uh you know um his forthcoming his his honesty about it his you know his um you know and it just his his personality and and his kind of uh in his performance you know uh, on the field, I think overwhelmed people. And he, you know, I think he was, a, he was an easy choice to, to vote for and get into the hall of fame. And uh, you know, just uh, an interesting guy, just uh, you know, a fun guy to be around, fun guy to listen to and a, a great speech.
0: Yeah. I uh, not a, a lot of guys in baseball have big personalities. Not a lot of guys have uh, big personalities and the, the credentials to back it up. So, I guess uh you know Ort- ortiz is it, it, his personality didn't get him into the Hall of Fame, but it certainly certainly didn't hurt uh getting him in on the first ballot there. Uh other guys that were inducted um Buck o'neill uh from the the Negro Leagues uh was a an era committee selection. Uh he, he passed um uh years uh, uh, you know I I believe um, class of 2006, when um uh, the Negro League greats were were inducted, he, he, he's he's sort of you know just one of these a uh, bit larger than life figures when you talk about uh, the impact that the Negro Leagues had on uh, the game of baseball.
1: Yeah, a uh, Buck O'Neill, um, you know, you know, managed in the Negro Leagues, played in the Negro Leagues. He he was uh, you know coached for uh, the Cubs for, you know, for a long, long time. Uh, You know, he, he was a guy that signed uh, Lee Smith. He was a guy that signed Lou Brock uh, and uh, just, uh, you know, just an all around baseball guy. And, you know, he really, you know, when, when, when a lot of the Negro league players gained entry into the hall of fame, he missed, he missed by one vote on, on, uh, you know, one of the era committees to get in. But the Hall of Fame still asked him to introduce these, you know, the, the players at the Hall of Fame. And he was gracious enough to do that. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, th- that kind of uh, personality, he was he really bridged the gap between the Negro leagues and 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 the big leagues and that integration that took place and uh just a, a great, you know, a great tribute. The only problem is I wish he was still alive right. to, to have accepted it. And right. uh, you know, Kansas City loves them. They have that, you know, the the Buck O'Neill seat that they give away uh every to every game at Royal Stadium that's you know, someone gets to sit in. Just uh and and you know, if you saw, you know what, uh what was the documentary on baseball? Uh uh can Ken-
0: the ken burns baseball oh yeah.
1: god he was he was a star of that you know, right. you know i've watched that a million times and i he, he it brings a smile to my face every time uh he comes on there he you know he really kind of that was a an awakening for i think not only for every baseball fan but you know for and it put him on the map
0: right uh other guys uh gil hodges gets in uh tony oliva gets in and uh, and Minnie Minoso, uh, who was really a, a barrier breaker uh, and he, he played in Cleveland, uh, you know, uh, Cleveland and with the White Sox. So it was a, a big weekend for for both uh, of those franchises. Uh, just a, a really great thing to have Minnie Minoso uh, in the uh, in the Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, Minnie, uh, you know, was, uh, you know, played in the Negro Leagues. He, he, the Indians signed him. Uh, you know, brought him to the big leagues. They traded him to the White Sox, and the White Sox traded him back. He was my favorite player, Joe, growing up. I, I, he was the first guy I saw, you know, at the old stadium slide headfirst into uh, into first base. I thought
0: that was the coolest thing ever. Wow, <laughs> that's all it took. After that, Honsie was hooked. <laughs> yeah, was, uh, I was hooked. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Manny known for his speed, known for his uh, his, his quickness too, uh, but just uh, his his uh, I believe he was one of the first, you know, Latin players to, to sort of, you know, he, he, he broke barriers the, the same way that, uh, that Jackie Robinson did uh, and, and, and is deserving of that sort of recognition. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh,
1: you know, Clemente said, uh, mini Minoso was his uh, hero, you know, that, that led him, that, that proved to him that he could play in the big leagues. So, you know, he was the first, uh, you know, uh, Latin American to to break into uh, the big leagues, the Cuban Comet, you know, he uh, just, uh, and it, there's a great story when Oliva got cut from the uh, the twins, you know, uh, many said, you know, he got to give it another shot. And he, you know, he was going to go home to Cuba and, and, uh, you know, Oliva, you know, stuck it out and uh, he's in the hall of fame.
0: That's great. They both go in together. Uh, all right. Uh, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow to, to recap the first game of the, uh, Boston series here on the Cleveland baseball talk podcast.
1: All right, Joe.